American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. Welcome to Life Karma. So we from the USA. Peace at night when we Absolutely. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out. Oh man. As I would say, that's truck music. That's, that's what we cl- play in the truck. That's classic. And you do that in your raptor. Yeah, we, like, we just play that loud. That was a hit from 2008. Yeah, it was a long time. Well, it was like long. when the, uh, or no, it was probably. Maybe a long time. No, 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 it was 2000. It was the 9-11. It was around 9-11. Yeah, yeah. it came out when the, you know, we were attacked. Yeah, like we're going to light you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light that, you up. I don't care if you like country or not. That's good stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh. Except for some people, it's not good stuff. I know. Because they're trying to just completely blow up democracy. And that's how America. Or democratic republic. That's why we have America, right? Everyone gets their opinion. But you don't get to express your opinion through violence on me. No, but I want you to believe. I don't want you to have a choice in what you believe. You must believe what I believe or I will kill you. Like, does that sound familiar? Middle East kind of? It does. But honestly, it reminds me too of Vietnam. The stupid war we fought in Vietnam. Tell me more about that, what you're thinking. I've been watching a lot of things on Vietnam, and I read a lot of books in college about Vietnam. And, I mean, there were so many times that our government was told, one, how many boys are being killed. One, it's a waste of time, waste of resources. But they got caught so caught up in America doesn't lose wars. You know, we're going to stop communism. That really wasn't the issue. I mean, these, yeah, so it's just. We were in a lot of people's lives in Vietnam. Oh, my gosh. We ruined a lot of our own citizens' lives in right, Vietnam. Right. A lot of guys came home to, like, the whole Rambo series of, you know, Rambo movies. Yeah. This is all about the, the negative impact of uh, Vietnam on a person. Well, he, and Nixon was like, when Nixon got into office, he was like, oh, just give them, you know, hell. Just, like, drop bombs. And, and when, in a one-week process, I think one-week time, it said we dropped more bombs on Vietnam than we dropped in all of World War II. Oh, good Lord. I mean, children, women. We just killed a lot we of people. We just, just bombing everybody. Yeah, but we weren't prepared to fight a war against people who were resilient and hidden tunnels. And no, no. The we jungle. Weren't. And well, our boys didn't care. I mean, like, what were we, it wasn't a threat to us. No. That's the bad thing. Why do we fight a war? Why do we fight any war that's not a threat to us? We, do, we, we shouldn't, first of all. And second of all... We hide behind the concept that we're going to go in and give democracy to people. Well, then why aren't we in China? Why aren't we in Russia? Yeah. Why aren't we in other places in the Middle East? I mean, yeah. it's just, that's not true. When you start talking about all that, it's like a giant rabbit hole. Like, and you know, how deep does it go? Exactly. Right? You know, there's so many complex factors and forces these days about so many different things. Yeah. It's nutso. It is nuts. Yeah. The whole child trafficking thing is coming up in the news. And then we have the whole pandemic, you know, what's mm. the, what's true and what's not true. What right. do you believe? What do you don't believe? The whole start school, don't start school. Oh my gosh. You know, the, what's essential, what's not essential. And then we throw in some earthquakes and some hurricanes and <laughs> tornadoes. Right. And some, Did you see the bomb in Lebanon yeah, today? Killed the, what, 27 people just, and injured 2,500 people. It looks like a nuclear bomb, like a mini nuclear oh bomb. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. It was really a lot of chaos out there. A lot of chaos. <clears throat> Beyond chaos. Yeah, we have a shirt. Chaos we shirt. A shirt. Chaos. I, I also learned this week that um, 
the Prince of Peace, another name for Jesus, right? I found out that that when you translate it through uh, Hebrew, it actually means the the elimination of chaos. Oh, that's such a good. That's such a cool thing. Yeah. So it, to to Hebrews, it doesn't mean Prince of Peace. It means the, the, like settler of chaos or yeah, master the guy of that, chaos. Yeah, the master of getting rid of chaos. Yeah, the, the, the guy that brings calm to the chaos. Right, right, so not Prince of Peace. It's just like, no, I get rid of chaos. Yeah. Oh, that was really cool. That, that was is really very interesting. Cool. Right, so how do you thrive in chaos? Like, first of all, how do you even process information in the midst of all the chaos that's going on right now? I think you have to know who you are. And, and the reason why I say that is I did read another article. I'm just jumping all over around here by Deepak Chopra. August 4th, 2020 on Yahoo Life. And it says the title is The Clash Between Truth and Reality. And he gives some things down here that, you know, I thought were brilliant. Um, Well, you know, before you say something, I'm like, that really rings like through to my soul because right now the biggest difficulty we have is discerning truth from fiction, reality from fantasy. Like this is, um, this is a big deal because a lot of people think, they believe in truths that are just made up shit. Like it's just complete fabricated bullshit based on feeling, not fact. And it's really ruining thousands and millions of people's lives. It's ruining everything. I mean, there's people that believe all black people are horrible and there's people that believe all white people are horrible. I mean, just those two generalities in their cells. Well, so Deepak defines a couple things that if you're, living an unconscious life, therefore not awake, right? If you're not woke, right? If you're not woke. But Deepak is a lot different than... His Black definition of woke is probably yeah. way better. Oh my gosh, way better. But he says, if these things exist in your life, you are living an unconscious life. Blind prejudice, social conditioning, denial, ignorance, bad faith, habits, and the drama of pleasure and pain occupy the domain. Wow. That's interesting. You know, I read a book recently, um, last week called the, um, the four agreements. And in the four agreements, they talk about these agreements we make, um, that are really, that screw us up. And in that book, it talks about victim and judgers. Yes. That's, yeah. Victim and judgers. So victims and judgers don't have light and love in their life. And they don't, they just, they just obsess with all that stuff. And um, these are great criteria for someone who is not woke, right. who's completely unconscious, completely not controlling the destiny of their life. Correct. They're animals just being driven to and fro. Well, they're being controlled. Being completely controlled, right. massive mind control. Right. Either they're judges or victims. Right. And so here's the things that he says that you are living a conscious life. If love, you have love, compassion. Love, love is the first thing know. he says there. Sorry. He did. He did. Love, yeah, love. It's capitalized. Love, (laughs) compassion, curiosity, creativity, insight, empathy, and inner growth occupy the domain of a conscious life. Oh, that's such a good definition. So here's what happens when people have conversations with us in life, you know, because of life karma, right? Right. Our whole premise is if you see it differently, we want to celebrate that. I'm I'm curious. Unless you're, unless you're trafficking children. Right. And then if you're doing that, then you we, just deserve to die yeah, exactly. slow death with all right. sorts of pain yep. and ignominious exactly. suffering. But, but for the most part, if you see it differently, we want to have a conversation around it because, because we may change our, we, we may change, change our, our opinion. Yeah, yeah. We may change our mind, mm-hmm. but how do you ever know 
if you just live in ignorance and you just blind faith, villainize, blind faith. yeah, if you yeah. villainize someone for what they believe and all of a sudden they're evil. Charles Barkley this week came out with a great thing. There was an individual in the NBA who didn't kneel. Mm -hmm. And this individual, if you listen to his response on why he didn't kneel, Jonathan Isaac, oh my, it was powerful. <clears throat> yes. It's a powerful testament to a Christian person. It was powerful. Yep. And Charles Barkley said, I don't have a problem with him not kneeling. He may see standing for the anthem. It means something entirely different to him than everybody else. And that's okay. Yeah. And he should be able to do that. And Barkley, they tried to, and you can't do this to Barkley because no. he'll blow your ass up. Yeah. They tried to criticize him and be critical. And he just, he gets the people that are critical of him and he blows them up. Yeah. Like they have no ground to stand on. I've actually met, I met Charles Barkley one time in Disney World really? in Orlando. He's the coolest dude, very approachable dude. dude. He'd be so he was in a, We were in an ice cream. Of course, we're in ice cream. Of course, we're in a Haagen-Dazs ice cream <laughs> store. And he's like a four, like five oh, scoop dude. thing. And I'm like, dude, I got to hit that. And he, and eats. he just, he eats. But he you eats. know what? He also is smart. And um, he's practical. Well, he's articulate. I mean, like he sits back and actually looks at the situation. Like... And I hate the argument I've heard a lot lately is, well, do they play the anthem every day at your work? And I'm like, what the frick does that have to do with whether athletes kneel or stand? Honestly, I don't care if they kneel. Do I agree with kneeling? No. But if they're going to kneel, that's fine. I mean, it's just they're, they have that right to do that. I don't think of them any differently, but it does help me know what they believe. Yeah. Barkley's whole beef is that politics shouldn't be in competitive sport. I agree. Well, God, I, that's so hard for me because as you know... Sports have changed politics yeah. for the better sometimes. Sometimes. Well, think about how sports has been a lever for politics throughout history. Hitler used sport. He did. He did. And he, you know, he did it to try to, um, to justify his Aryan yes. kind of views. Yeah. And then Jesse Owens blew that shit to hell. Yeah. Jesse, <laughs> I mean, you, you can't motivate that man like that. You can't no. give him that. I mean, you had the Olympics in your country and you're a known yeah. racist and Jesse Owens just comes in. And yeah, that, that was one of the most beautiful things in sports history. Right. Right. To me. Right. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that but sport is part of who we are. Right. We yep. we're competitive with sport and we've always done it. Always well. It's always been in our history as human beings. Um, you know, the only reason why I think sports now tries to stay out of politics is I always say about everything is money. They're too valuable to segregate a part of the population off from being political. Yeah, yeah. but they're highly political. NBA is being political. NFL is being political. hockey's not being political. No, and no. I don't think golf's political. No, golf's not. But, but I think baseball, I, maybe baseball's less political than football or basketball. And I, I don't know why basketball is so political. I don't know why football is so political, but they are. Well, yeah, well, I have some reasons I probably won't say publicly. Yeah, because I'll get annihilated. But I just think it's always money. I mean, like think about the the change the NFL has made. At first, there they basically get Kaepernick kicked out of the league for kneeling and doing all that stuff, and now they're saying they they totally support it. It's yeah. because it's a money thing, right? So so what if you're calling Kaepernick like that? Is such if I'm him, I'm so pissed off right now. His career was ruined, yeah, and now everybody's embracing. You know, he was the basically, he was the sacrificial lamb. But he's made more money out of football than he did in. Well, I mean, because of endorsements yeah. and controversy and all this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably he's a smart cat. I mean, no, he's very intelligent. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what he meant to do. I'm not saying that he wanted to get kicked out of football. I'm just saying 
if it was about money for him, he's done just fine. But yeah. So you're telling me not to feel sorry for him. No, I don't know. I don't know. No, because I would, I wouldn't want that taken away from me either. But I think you always take risks in life that you know that can go really bad. Yeah. I mean, right. Life itself is a risk. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you switch jobs, even on that level, or, you know, if you hang out with the wrong people, there's a chance of certain things happening. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, he knew the risks. He's an intelligent person. And I'm not saying that it was right, but he knew the risks. I don't know. I want, oh, I want, yeah. uh, this is the interesting one. The Deepak I love that Deepak stuff though. Yeah. Listen to this though. On the, uh, on the unconscious. So the people that aren't woke, one of the things and I, is the drama of pleasure and pain. The drama of pleasure and pain occupy the mind of an unconscious person. And I thought about that, the drama of pleasure and pain. How many people really, and I think we're seeing this in this society is starting to come more to the surface is the drama of trying to find what they define as pleasure. You know, that's a deep rabbit hole. Like to just the drama between pleasure and pain is a way deep rabbit hole. Yes. Right. So, cause some people get pleasure out of pain. I know. Like, like weird mass sadomasochist stuff. And he's and saying those people are children. controlled, right? He, they're controlled by some addiction or some social, kind of weird, whatever. I mean, whatever it is, they don't controlled. think for themselves. No. If you're playing out the drama of pleasure and pain, you're not in control. You're not in control. You're not thinking for yourself. Now, right. pain happens to everyone, right? We all have pain. We all suffer. We all struggle, right? But not everybody makes uh, their lives better because they suffer. No, but the, it almost sounds like to me they're seeking it out, the drama between pleasure yeah, yeah. and pain. Well, they just want to be identified. Mean, they just want to have attention toward them. Yeah. Because if they're in front of a picture or if their people are following them, you have this whole kind of suspension of disbelief thing, which was used traditionally in theater and movies and art. Uh, now it's like everybody uses the suspension of disbelief to present themselves as something they're not at all. Oh yeah. You know, they're, it's just not. And like, it's just bullshit. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture of these perfectly baked cookies in a screenshot for like Instagram. No. Right. And then all of a sudden the next post is a pan out to a completely chaotic kitchen with shit everywhere and oh, like yeah. a disaster and everything yes. surrounding this little perfectly plate of cookies. <laughs> Because that's the real picture is complete chaos. Uh, but this narrow kind of thing that we sliver, we want to put out there into the world is we have our shit together so much. We don't stink and we're just happy. And, you know, we live in this kind of abundant life and we don't have real problems. And Or, or when you see somebody that poses their problems, you're always like, yeah. they need to get it together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me tell you what I think is happening in, in our communities today. I think it's the death of authenticity. If you're just going to be authentically yourself and your best self, I think that opens up you for massive attack. I think people are just not authentic anymore. I think they Too rage. Risky. Well, I mean, yeah, they, it's risky. And I think, I think people have, are out of control. They're being told what to do. They have complete rage meltdown. They're, 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 they're behaving like animals instead of sentient beings with the ability to choose. Right. And, uh, this is creating a deep chasm of uncertainty and chaos. And uh, that rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper with every level of chaos that's introduced in our lives. It's weird when they feel comfortable in constant chaos and unknown. That's what is scary to me. 
is it seems like too that our society is not looking too much to the future. They're more looking towards November yeah. or they're more looking towards whatever they think is the next thing that's going to yeah. make them happy. So can I tell you what I think about that? I don't mm. think they're comfortable with that. I think that they've become addicted to the drugs their brain produce um, to be in a state of chaos. The right? drama. They're addicted to the drama. They're addicted to the drama because when you live in drama and you're in a stress response with a lot of chaos, your brain produces chemicals, right? Your dopamine levels change and your serotonin levels change. And, and when you're always living in crisis or chronic stress, you become addicted to this and you, you feed it. You, you feed to. it. You have to feed it because that's, that's what you know. And then you want that high or you want that, you want that primal rage fed, right? And you don't know how to do it productively. You don't know how to focus on something that's going to make a difference that's positive and that respects other human beings. You just want to just, you want to unleash your anger and indulge in anger and destroy people. Well, that, that the byproduct of indulging in anger to destroy things is just going to be more pain and suffering and less freedom. And, um, that's just going to make your suffering worse. And, but people, when they only know suffering, that's all they know. Yeah. It's right? what makes them comfortable. Right. Sooner or later that consumes you with darkness. If you can introduce light into that, you know, light, mm -hmm. knowledge, wisdom, intelligence, energy, you can pull you out of the darkness, but that's found in choice. Right. Right. That's found, that's found in not being controlled, thinking for yourself. Being kind, if even when people are rude to you, you know, some of our police officers are enduring such bullshit. I've, I, I almost can't watch these videos anymore when these, these protesters are up in their face, touching them and screaming F bombs on them, spitting at them, et cetera. And they're just standing there taking it. And I'm like, I, I know that's their, they're showing great patience, but when does that stop? And when, do, when can you just defend yourself? And, um, you can't defend yourself in that. Not job. as a cop, you can't defend <clears throat> no. yourself anymore. No, we are, we are moving toward, um, um, a non punitive kind of legal system where crime is going to run rampant. Now I know that's political. I'm sorry. Well, but, I mean, I just, I can that, give so many recent examples of cops overstepping the law and cops overstepping what they're supposed to do. And that's, that's a lot of the problem. That's a lot of the problem. It's, but Here's the thing. You know, the body cam footage came out on George Floyd. Got leaked yesterday. Uh-oh. What, did it give you context of what happened? It or? gives you context, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, so you hear two, you're hearing two sides now. You're hearing, well, look how much he resisted arrest. And yeah, that's true. But why don't we ask the harder questions? Like, why are they transferring him from one car to another car? Why are we actually putting a knee on the neck? Why are we still doing it after we don't have a pulse? There's a lot to be learned from this situation that happened with George Floyd. A lot of police reform, a lot of violence perform. I mean, reform and just a lot of things that can be learned both sides. It's not a one-sided argument. But I think because of politicizing things, we've made it a one-sided right. argument. I always go back to my friend Chris Kishiyama, who was a... Um, who was a police officer for over 20 years and SWAT commander. And, and he, he taught me this great lesson, no matter what someone is doing and when they're breaking the law, um, show them respect, show them you, 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 because it'll save your life one day. He had a very, when he was first on the job, he told me he had a very wise older cop that sort of mentored him. And he said, he said, Chris, show everyone you arrest 
and the people you're dealing with, always show respect first, because in the end, it'll save your life. And it, and it did it many times. And, and what you see happening is police officers feeling over emboldened or acting out of fear, not showing people who are breaking the law respect. Yeah. And when I say respect, I mean, I saw this picture today of some cops pulling a black family over that had a license plate that was Mm. Um, mistaken as a a stolen and has the six-year-old kid on his black kid and a black family all in cuffs on their bellies and you know like six on the cement hot cement in i think it's in georgia but with six police officers i mean that's completely ridiculous yeah and it's not treating the human beings with a six-year-old boy i mean like are you kidding me Do, do these officers not even have any kind of sense of right and wrong or what, uh, what is needed for the situation. And the problem is they haven't been trained around issues I think, like I think, this. I think also the public has swung so far one way. That they're just responding, fighting against they're just responding. Them. That's all they're doing. Swinging as far as they can the other yeah. way. Yeah. The harder and, the public gets on, the, the more abuse we'll see. Right. Because the That's more they're defending themselves. Because, the, I don't know, the last three times I've been pulled over, I was shown zero respect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even I, as a white guy. Yeah, yeah, cops just, they, they, I mean, in our community, cops are not real positive here. No, I'm just And like, we live in a pretty oh, we calm live, community with no violence. We live no in a violence. very calm community. Very calm. Yeah. And it's like, I just want, and then I, when they don't show me respect, I want to mouth off and, and not show them respect. Right, because you're going to match what they match. So yes. What, what you don't, people match what you match, right? Yes. Like if someone's going to hit me with aggressiveness, then I have a tendency um, to hit them back with aggressiveness. Now, as I've gotten older, what I've tried to do when someone's aggressive with me is be curious to understand them because that, that pulls down emotion. It, 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 the wall, it, it when you really understand somebody, it it. well, really, when you understand somebody, it, it can, but they might think you're mocking them. Well, not if you do it with sincerity and with real intent, with respect. I don't know. I just feel like I've done, I've tried that a few times and it's backfired. Really? I've never Maybe seen they it. Don't think never... I'm sincere. <laughs> really you got some issues there it's never it's never when i'm usually sincere and i want to really really want to understand somebody it, most of the time it works well for me i wish my clients would understand me better sometimes like that i'm really honestly looking out for their best interest yeah but i can see how it would be hard i know you were looking out of my best interest oh, when i got yeah. in trouble with well, the law well there's a gun sitting on the table there is but we're not in an airport and we're not in an airport, and it's not the gun that the cops took from me. And I don't have a Maserati. <laughs> you don't have a Ma- Okay, you see what Kim decided? She said no to the Maserati. I know. And she said yes to the right the Turing Honda Pilot. I know. She goes, I love the Honda Pilot. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm like, okay. You know, it's a perfect, I love the Maserati. I love yeah, it. I love it. It's I love a love perfect it. grandma car. You know, that's what my mom wants, too, is a Honda Pilot. Yeah. Well, Kim is an official grandma now. I know. That's what I'm saying. She's man. a hot, smoking hot, really young grandma. but Very young. She's a grandma. Yeah. Sam, tell them what I got you for your birthday. Cause your birthday was just uh, a few days ago. It was. And Brian brought me over some very cool, very, very cool snacks that had low sugar in them. A whole <laughs> bag had two grams of sugar. <laughs> when he left, I ate a whole bag, like in an instant. They're really tasty. Ooh, and then he got man. me five ounces of silver. That's right. So there's a shortage of silver right now. And yep. most electronic components have silver. Correct. Right. And all of our paper money is backed by, well, it's supposed to be backed by real money, which is based on gold. silver and gold. Right. Right. Precious metals. So I totally dug it. And I got to admit, I went on Amazon. 
I need you to send me a link to where to buy the silver because I think I'm going to start buying silver every month now. Yes. Because Amazon is going to, you're going to pay full boat retail on the. No, you don't order from Amazon. No. So you'll give me the. I will give you the link. I'm going to start ordering. I just wish I could order a bunch of those things you gave me in five ounce coins. Those, oh, you can. I just want to order those and have you can. like a trillion. Yeah. I saw today on a YouTube channel, um, the pawn store, Las Vegas pawn, you know, yes, pawn yes. store guys. This guy brought, he brought in 3,300 ounces of silver and he sold it to them. Oh my gosh. For 110,000, 115,000 bucks. But when he bought it, silver was like some ridiculous, it was like nine bucks an ounce. I was looking up the history of silver prices. It was about the same price it is right now in 1980. Really? Yeah, because there was like, they believed that the silver market was being cornered by one yeah. country and so it sprang yeah. up. So you always you always do, do these things and now I'm like, oh, maybe I should get some silver. Yeah. <laughs> like ruined me. Yes. I'm like, I still haven't gone the watch. I haven't gone. I, no, I don't no, spend no. the money on the watches. I just have my one watch that I love. But Yeah. Silver, but, um, silver and gold. Not a bad investment. There's a Christmas song. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. I don't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Whatever. song. My wife sang it. Oh, I bet that's good then. Well, she sings a lot. She's yeah, a Christmas she's freak. An angel. We just finished Christmas in July. So Kim oh, loves man. the Christmas. I love it. Any other thing you want to bring up? Like anything that we have a heart? Oh, mm. um, so mm. so Brian and I have this thing about love and God being the only alien versus aliens oh, are real. Bruce. And I guess the Pentagon has identified, um, they've admitted. Did you know, read the article? I, I honestly did not. No, oh, of course you didn't. I just made fun of your comment <sighs> to me. Listen. So tell There's us about quote, the let me tell us about say, the Pentagon. Let me tell you the main quote in the thing. There's a guy that uh, is a defense contractor, also has worked for um, had a high clearance level for the government, worked for the government. He talks in there, Marco Rubio is quoted in there also, but this guy talks in there that he's briefed um, the Pentagon and they've allowed this to come out that they have retrieved off-road vehicles that they can confirm could not have been made on this planet. Really? Have yeah. we stolen the technology and then used it now? I don't... Well, you got the whole Bob Lazar argument there. Because he worked Area 51, and he says he worked on reverse engineering off-world vehicles. Yep. Have you watched that on uh, I Netflix? Have. I have. No. I don't know what... You know what this is? Is like... You know how, like, I don't believe in love will right. solve all the freaking problems in the world? Right. And I probably look at Sam like, shut the hell up. You know? Right. But yeah, Sam, that's how Sam looks at me about this alien stuff. I don't, I try to look at you with sympathy and understanding. Oh, that's such crap. I mean, empathy and understanding. Yeah, yeah, that's crap. Everyone knows that's crap that listens to this, too. Let's see. <laughs> I just have a hard time with aliens, man. I know. Now, I know. you talk about witchcraft and like satanic shit and like evil. Well, that's because you believe in all that. It. Yeah, exactly. because you've experienced it, right? Like, right. You're not going to like, go against that because you've experienced yeah. it. Yeah. I have a, I have a real, uh, real experience with that. Like uh, my spiritual feelings. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've seen the evidence of the existence of evil. Okay. Yes, I have, no, I have you, not seen the evidence of extraterrestrial. Um, it's because you refuse to see, you refuse to look. Really? Yeah. Oh, that felt so good to say. I don't know why that felt like really. You got a poetic. shitty grin on your face. Like yeah, you just like, won one over on you. Refuse to look, Sam. Could could Jesus have come to this I felt planet? Like a missionary a, right there. Yeah. You know, like, oh, here we go. Jesus came in a spaceship. This is the same argument I just had with my brother. Like, 
what else do you call that's possible? I'm like, really, how does God get from wherever he is thought. to here? Well, that's the power of thought. Yeah, it's I know. faster than the power of light. Yeah. All right, so you, you're the go. one that taught me that. I know. That's right. Here we go. Eric W. Davis. So this is from the New York Times article, July 23rd. Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007, said that in some cases, examination of materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves. The constraints on discussing uh, classified programs and the ambiguity of information cited in unclassified sites from briefings have put officials who have studied UFOs in the position of stating their views without presenting any hard evidence, right? That's what Sam's looking for is hard evidence. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. End of quote. Okay, so as soon as you say UFOs and aliens, that opens a really deep rabbit hole. Like that goes deep and deep and deep. Yeah. So um, you have the whole explanation of the pyramids. Right? You have the whole Mayan yeah, advancement in culture. Elon Musk put on Twitter the other day, he's like, aliens built the pyramids. Right, of course, because that's what people think. And then Egypt came back and said, no, that didn't happen. Well, there was a large, uh, so a lot of people think the pyramids in the concentric area that had energy in, like it was like a, a power solar source. power source and they had AC and, mm-hmm. you know, cell I phones. I don't know shit. if I believe in that, but. <laughs> all, all I know is it seems a little far-fetched and. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm a skeptic. I wish I wasn't a skeptic. I wish I was a more of a, okay, but you don't believe you. I mean, it's not conceivable to you that like there's other planets, right. That have, I don't know, like intelligent somethings. No, I believe in life uh, on other planets. Okay. So I I believe in a limitless solar system, uh, limitless galaxies and solar systems. And I believe that life exists in other planets. So step one has been concluded. I actually do believe in that. Okay, number two. Part of my my religion believes that. Okay, number two. You don't believe that they could be more advanced than us? They possibly could be more advanced than us. Sure. Do you think, and so you don't think they could come here then? I just don't, I just don't think they have come here. Okay, so you do believe they could? Yeah. Okay. Say that. All right. So then this, I believe then that they exist. Over, I believe that they exist and they might could come here. Well, then Mike, you've concluded. But I, I, I think they exist the more like we exist. I think they, they're co-equal to us and probably are. My, and that's, that's a, probably a faulty paradigm that I, I believe that they're sort of like we're at our same level. Yeah. I mean, that's. And we're that's, not going past Galaxy. We're not Star Trek yet. No, right? but that makes us feel comfortable to say that. Right. Like it makes us feel comfortable to think, oh, they must be at the same level as us. No, no, no. They could be billions of years older. Okay. Because I guess outside this universe, there's no time or something. Well, of course there's not no time. But anyway. That, of course there's not time in space. If there, if there's, no time exists in space. That's, if you believe that there's intelligent beings on other planets, and you believe they could possibly have the technology to visit us, I don't see how you don't believe in aliens. Because I don't have the, I don't see it. And I don't. You have no faith. Well, I have faith in like Jesus and stuff and God. Well, you've never don't... seen Jesus. I don't know. I'm not going to say I have or haven't. Okay. Let's say you've seen Jesus. I've had experiences with that Jesus. Okay. But I haven't, I haven't seen God, I don't think. Maybe. Well, I don't well know. we haven't seen UFOs. 
I haven't seen UFOs. I haven't seen a UFO. I mean, I've seen tons of. But videos. just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't have to. You, you don't believe it, but right? I, I mean, you can a, believe. I've something. seen a lot of physical evidence, though. Ten, is it tinfoil? There's been. A I think tinfoil is the evidence that. <laughs> I bought a whole bunch of tinfoil. I'm like these damn aliens. They're the ones that made up tinfoil. Or was it 3M? Was it because I'm going to freaking blast it out of this world? Was it 3M that invented tinfoil? Was it the alien? Okay, maybe you can explain this for me. See if you can explain this for me. This is what I don't get, though. I know there's a reasonable explanation out there, but I don't know what it's for. So we we get the we're the first people to the moon in the U.S. Right. What the frick took us so long to get technology again, again in the U.S. to be able to take our astronauts up and bring them back well i think we had a whole um culture subculture of nasa and a whole government focus on doing something extraordinary to get to the moon okay but we once we achieved that i think you know it had a dip so why do we have to go why do we need new rockets why do we need new everything i mean because the the things that were built to go to the moon were they're um temporary they they're not built to go back and forth and back and forth no i know but they can remake them yeah, I mean, but what we are you gonna, knew the technology, right, to make right. What are you gonna, well, what are you going to do there? It's like there's no oxygen, there's no gravity. No, I mean, but my point is, is like we had the technology to take us to the moon, but now they're like saying it's such a great thing that we're finally have the technology again to put astronauts into space. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to me because we've always had the technology yeah. since 1970. We could put well, since the sixties. We've had technology to put astronauts in right. space. So why and they've been going up in space right. all the time. Well, they've been going up to space. We've been paying Russia to take them up into space. Right, but they have a space station up there, and people are hanging out up there. Right, and we yeah, it's been up there for a long time. But we've been paying Russia to take our astronauts up there. Really? Yeah, hundred. Do you think aliens visit those guys up there in the space station? Or well, there has been, believe it or not, uh, U.S. Um, Astronauts that have said yes, they've seen things up there that they can't explain. Oh, the rabbit hole goes deeper. Oh my god, the rabbit hole, aliens, UFO. I think it's better when you whisper it. It sounds more. You it sounds more um, scary. The galaxy or mysterious quarks and particles. I mean, is, would it really bug galaxy. you if there's aliens? No, only if they wanted to kill me. But I mean, that's that's Hollywood. <laughs> that's Hollywood conditioning you. Yes, I agree with that. Hollywood conditions everybody for everything. Yeah. You've been conditioned to believe aliens are bad. What if they're good? I want to meet them. Of course you do. If they're good, I want to hang out with them. I want to have one on the podcast. Let's do that. That would be awesome. So if you, attention aliens, if you are out there, we would like you to come on the Life Karma podcast with Brian Arnold. Dude, you wouldn't even believe as an alien if they walked through the door. No, I want an alien because oh, you know what that would do to our were, podcast? I know, but like even if, we, if they said they were from another planet, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. If we had an actual alien on our podcast, um, like we would have our podcast rank, our rank, our ranking would go through the roof. Like we would have yeah, massive listeners. I can see an alien walking in here and you being like, oh, really? You're an alien? Fine. You need to fly me to your planet. And back no, to no, I wouldn't do that. But yeah, they probably would. wouldn't be speaking English. They'd be like, bing, bong, well, ding, ding, along, ding. They wouldn't even be or like they would probably just be, be doing um, consciousness. Right, they would just be using mind, mind power to talk to you. Yeah. So I've seen this data re, um, come up lately that um, what you, the psychic power kind of labs are mm-hmm. back in full. Oh, I'm sure. To try to find out, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Kind of ESP stuff, like these I'm ESP sure. labs. Oh, I'm sure. Are trying to just like find out where who's trying to do what in the world to destroy us, and they're using these mind. They're harvesting people's mind 
ability to to know the future in their minds. I bet Cal Berkeley has a few of those. I'm sure. I'm sure a little LSDs, a little, a little acid or a little LSDs, probably involved in micro doses of that. Yeah. We need to explain why we haven't had a podcast for a little while. No, oh, yeah, number, number one, we did do a podcast, but there was a power surge by an alien, but not really by and an alien. And it blew our, because we were talking about the deep evidence and proof of aliens, and the aliens yeah. didn't want it posted. No, they didn't so want it, it out. And so there was it a power It corrupted surge. our file. And, yep, so that didn't work out. And then I've been super busy since then. Yeah, as well. It's, it's been, been busy. busy. You've been not, very busy. I know. Yeah, Your law firm has been very busy. Yep, and... And aliens exist. Right. So we have this kind of rabbit hole that goes deep with aliens. We have this rabbit hole that goes deep with um, the difference between um, facts and fiction or narrative and the, the deep Deepak stuff. Right? Consciousness, truth, consciousness. Yeah, truth, truth and reality, right? Correct. So what's truth and what's reality? Yep. What about this uh, rabbit hole around sex trafficking? And There's like a huge movement in Utah around... Um, supposedly like 80,000 children, some ridiculous number of kids are sex trafficked. Um, well, 800,000 disappear in the U S alone a year, 800,000 children disappear, disappear in the U S a year. That and, is staggering. And you look at the underground railroad, uh, documentary that yeah. just came out on Amazon operation Prime. underground. I met yeah. the guy that uh, runs that before Dude, he says it's, I mean, it's the biggest, um, need, that's such a weird word to use, but I guess the biggest demand for child pornography and this kind of child sex slaves and trafficking comes from the U.S. That is just horrifying. It comes from the U.S. And and he says every single one of them explained that they started out with porn and then they needed even, you know, like different kind of porn. And you just start going they down the that progressive. Yeah, because nothing's turning them on. The progressive addictions, right? Right. As Deepak said, the the struggle between pleasure and pain, right? These, you, you have such a need as a human to feel pleasure. You, you just, if you do it the wrong way, you start getting in trouble. From a medical standpoint, I know the neurons that, uh, that give you pleasure are the same tracks run on the, th the same neurons that give you pain. Yeah. So a lot of people confuse the two. That's how you can get to this sadomasochistic kind of thing because the biology of our neural net runs very similar. Yeah, and I think what's brought this all to the forefront is Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and their island that, that Epstein had and how many witnesses and how many people have finally come out. Um, the unsealing of over 2,000 pages of discovery in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. That is so deep. That rabbit hole is so oh. deep. What about the judge that had her husband and kid killed. shot and killed or what? By a like, and she attorney. was, yeah. Like what was up with that was part of the, the whole Epstein thing, right? Yeah. Or, and allegedly that's been debunked, but she is over the Epstein Deutsche Bank um, lawsuit. Um, but there, you know, you got Bill Clinton was has been trending all over Twitter, but yet they won't put it at the top, even though it's getting retweeted more than anything else. Same with Facebook is not putting the Bill Clinton stuff. Out. There's pictures of him on Epstein's plane. There's witnesses. There's there's even a boy that came out that said that um, he was uh, sexually abused by Bill Clinton on a boat by Epstein Island. And satanic rituals were also done on that boat. Jeez. I mean, there's some heavy, heavy stuff coming out that most of the public doesn't want to even deal with. Well, the Clintons have a weird kind of, a lot of people die around them. Oh my gosh. That's like a lot of people hole. have died. That's a whole huge rabbit hole. That's a whole nother one because yeah. I don't know. 
And then you have Ghislaine Maxwell. She, her father was tied to Mossad. I know we've talked about that. Uh, Israel intelligence. Um, you have people coming out saying that Epstein was an agent for Mossad and Israel. I mean, like this knows no bounds. Like it is shit. I mean, so I was going through all those documents that were unsealed. Of course you were, because that's what you do at 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> when did. you can't sleep. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the biggest, the, the victim that, is, that has sued Ghislaine Maxwell in the past and, you know, is the main witness. She wrote like this book that she was going to release about everything she went through. And there's some graphic, horrible things in this 200 page document. I mean, just stuff you, you can't get out of your head. And. But she also explains this one instance that I found very, and no one else has found this. And I put it up on Twitter and read it, and it's been reposted a lot. But page 94 of her book, kind of book thing she wrote, she talks about a time that she goes into Ghislaine Maxwell's um, <clears throat> townhome in New York City. And Ghislaine Maxwell sits her down and shows her this new screen that she has in her house, this TV screen. She's like, look at this. Look how fun this is. I got this today. It's tied to a satellite. And all I got to do is type in someone's address and I can see what's going on at that place right now. Anytime I want. Wow. Now, Glenn Maxwell, that doesn't have the financial resources now has a satellite where she can spy on people. That's pretty freaky. I mean, and also in these pages came out, the FBI had proof of Prince Andrew and one of the victims years before it got turned over to them from yeah, the victim. Long time. So in the end, as we're running short on time, in all these rabbit holes and all this chaos and all this kind of trouble, because I, I define a lot of that as trouble. Chaos. Chaos, trouble, uncertainty. What gives us, what, what can we do to settle ourselves, to, to direct our own path to, I mean, tell me, give me some hope, brother. Tell me, give, let's give our listeners uh, some gems here. I think you, you have to go through the bad and know who you are in a sense of you have to be conscious in the way that curiosity is okay, but you need to understand that you don't change. You need to fight the evil in an intelligent, important way, hoping that the world becomes peaceful, but you have to stay peaceful yourself. Right. So the way I would agree, I would agree with that. And I would say what's happening to you is bad. What's ha can be bad is bad. What's happening in the world is bad, but the way you can respond can be good. You can choose to learn from the dark, from darkness. You can interject light and understanding. You can, you can, uh, be curious, but not overwhelmed. Yes. And, uh, build your life on true eternal principles that will bring you happiness in the long term. That is all found in choice and awareness, learning, curiosity. Don't, and don't be controlled. Don't be controlled because the more you learn, the more you know, the more you're aware and the more choices you have, the more empowered you can become. And the more ability you have just to be better. Yeah. And life is about hu continuous human improvement. And be, but also help others be better. Right, exactly. Once you get your own shit together, you want to help other people get their shit together. That's how I'd say it. <laughs> so... Yes. We love ever, all of you, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Take care of your brains. Take care of your brains, because they're the only ones you have. It's the only thing you have. That and your consciousness. My sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. Hey, my
mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clear.